Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream. Episode number 208, coming the 6th of April, 2019. And on this irregularly numbered day, not all evens, not all odds, with a zero in the middle. Joining me, is, I am Alex Gothmarks. With me is Rick Elgarian Hart, presenting Elgarian's Elegant Elegies. Hello. Hello. How are you today, Elgarian? Doing well. How are you? Doing well. See, I needed a, a subject for you because I'm comic book reviews. So I call it. So your is a uh, commentary in kibitzing. <laughs> Elgarian's elegant elegy. That's okay. right. That's you. I was gonna say elegies, but it's just one elegy. So you know, you know. Okay. it's kind of like okay. You want to? Here's another annoys me. All right. All right. All right. I'm not gonna. When someone says something that is supposed to be singular and they say it in the plural, it really bothers me. <laughs> like when you're in a choir, the choir you in, in the choir would sing a song, right? You don't sing yeah. songs. You sing a song. You know, just saying. Just bothers. Gotta me. watch that plural. You know, bothers me. Elgarian's initiated phase three's master plan. Heathen dog is, has been shanghaied in the original sense. That's true. <laughs> Heathen dog is not joining us. He has been taken far away to an undisclosed location where he's being interrogated in a hotel room as we speak, I've heard. Um, They're after all those Legion of Myth secrets. It could be. I believe he's probably currently strapped down to a chair or bed and is being whipped as we speak. What is your pacify login? <laughs> <laughs> tell us who. What is your favorite anime? And don't tell us it's Pokemon again, you madman. Who does number two work for? <laughs> that was a great scene. That was a great yeah. movie. The yes. first Austin yeah. Powers was a fantastic film. Mm. The other ones were there. Yeah. Yeah. Two was kind they of each had They each had their moments. Yeah, two was but, kind uh, of funny. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Yeah, the but, moments were fewer and far further between. Yeah, it's like every film had like fewer jokes in it, and they just kind of yeah. tried to make them last longer. and they were Or worse. they'd repeat the same ones. Over and over, and then call that a new joke because it's repeated. Yes. That's what Family Guy does a lot. Like, look, we're still <laughs> doing the same thing. La ha. Yeah, they, they try to see uh, if you, it's like a dare. How long can we hold this scene with the same joke where we're just laughing? We don't stop laughing. You know, yeah. And you realize, wow, they've been laughing for two minutes. It's like it's, I stopped uh, laughing like a minute and 45 seconds ago. Dunks says, I'll have the secret of cold blue space. You could try to throw Dunks under the bus all you want. He's already told us who you, that we found it. I can't <laughs> get him to do cold blue space. He won't do it. All right, but let's talk about hmm. today's segments. We're gonna in Garthon's comic poll. We're gonna talk about Captain America number nine, Red Sony number three, War of the Realms number one, the event Marvel's been hyping for months now, and in the RNG we're gonna talk about the hype for the Avengers film and the shifting of fandom. Hmm, heady hmm. subjects. Heady yeah. subjects. Don't do it, sis. Don't. Get it. All right, <laughs> waste of time. <laughs> All right, everyone, deep breath. We're going into it. A special thank you for our top current subscriptions. Last updated, oh, today. Thank you, all of our current Twitch subscribers. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. Uh, remember, every month we have a subscriber-only giveaway. Next week, I believe, uh, we're going to talk about that later, is our subscriber-only giveaway. Uh, look at these. Oh, so many Twitch subscriptions. Thank you so much, everyone who's been with us so long. Uh, top donations and patrons. Uh, we want to say thanks to Baldahar, especially, through Streamlabs. Uh, Twitch gifts, those who give away... Uh, Twitch gift subscriptions. Zaz giveaway 100. Wow, geez, Zaz crazy. 
He's on fuego. Let me he tell you. is. Sean Vutz is awesome, too. Uh, cheering on Twitch. Zahn is on top again. He is decidedly on top again. And our patrons, Brian Hicks, Sheriff, Aaron Matthews. Again, thank you very much. Uh, here's our current goals. Trying to get 1,000 Twitch followers. We're up to 803. That's gone up. Thank you very much. Twitch subscribers is down a little bit. That's okay. Uh, we're currently at 94. We, so we're close to 100. We're getting there. So tell your friends. Uh, YouTube subscriber goal. Uh, currently, 1212 went up. We're going for 2,000. That's a lot, but we could do it. And Patreon is stable. We thank you so much. So we're just telling you our goals, what we're trying to do, setting out our mission plan, our vision for the future. And we wanted you to know because for each individual goal we hit in 2019, we're going to have a special contest for that venue. Twitch is super close. If we get more Twitch subscribers, we'll have a very special contest and giveaway just for that. Uh, if all four goals are met and held for three months, there'll be over a 1,000 prizes given away. We will do that. Uh, special prizes include... He the dog does some computer stuff. I will do an epic portrait of you, acrylic on canvas. That will happen. You want a nice. picture of you riding on top of a surfboard across the moons of Venus? I will do that for you. Will it be the best picture will, ever? No. You want a picture? Will it be in the style of your Garthon portrait? It'll be better than that. Okay. <laughs> Thunder says Garth looks like Father Time today. I uh, he the dog looks like Father Time. He, that's an upgrade for he the dog. That's his Algarian yeah. mask. It looks nice. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but tell everyone, tell family, friends, friends like you about this. That way you can get in on all the exclusive prizes. Don't forget we have over 200 family-friendly uh, Legion of Myth Weekly episodes recorded. We have over four years of content with that. Anime reviews, comic book reviews, informative tabletop gaming fundamentals, random nerd topics. Elgarian is streaming almost every day. Amazing Shred the Avatar contest, some of the best on Twitch, I think, and other games for your enjoyment. Heathen Dog has his Let's Plays with Pacify, and we're also teaming up for Star Trek Online, and that has been great. Yes, it has. So everyone, make sure to join the Legion. You can join us on Discord. Watch us on YouTube. Get our gear. Shop.shredshirt.com. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myth. And watch us live on Twitch. The best way. Interact. Mess with us. We'll mess with you. Duncan says, special word for Heathen Dog. Episode 13 of Rising of the Shield Hero continues to be good. He's digging the series. Oh, that's cool. You know, uh, did I tell you that I have the, the Legion of Myth logo now is in uh, Shroud of the Avatar as my heraldry? Is it? That's awesome. Yeah, so it's on tabards and banners and on my uh, shield. It's on my cloak. It's pretty darn cool. So how would other it's people really in Shroud of the Avatar be able to partake of that? Uh, oh, like to actually get that logo? Yeah. I would, uh, they would have to send me something uh, that I craft and send back to them. Oh, okay. So they would say, if they wanted a banner with the Legion Myth logo, they send me the supplies, I craft it into it, and then send it back. And then they, there are people that collect heraldry from all the different guilds and things. But, uh, yeah, they have a real simple review process. You submit a picture, and they approve it, and boom, it shows up as your Heldry in the game. It's really cool. That is really cool. So, upcoming Twitch subscriber giveaway. I thought that was on the master slide. I was wrong. It's coming up April 13th. So that's next week, the big Twitch subscriber giveaway. So tell your family, tell your friends. if uh, We're going to have special giveaways for everyone who's a follower, but subscribers to the channel will have a five, up to five entries. Every five entries will activate a $25 Amazon gift card, up to three of them. Um, so if we get 15 people in, we'll give away three $25 gift cards and use the same list for all three. So in theory, you could win all three. Excellent. That will be excellent. Uh, previously, we give away RPG books, video games, LM swag. We have lots of stuff. Enjoy it. Spread the word. And coming up in 2020, Gen Con is happening. Ticket registrations in January 2020. Activity signups are in May of 2020. And the event actually happens in August of 2020. We know it's early. We're telling you now because we want you to be at Gen Con. We want you to be with us. We'll hang out. 
We'll tell each other terrible stories about our past adventures and role-playing games, and we'll make up that we're always heroes and victors, and we'll drink to our victories, or if you choose to, and we'll have a good time. Oh, Zahn wants a cloak, Elgarian. Oh, you do? Excellent. Hey, Zahn, um, I will send it to you. Don't even send me anything. Let me write myself a note. Yeah, yeah, Zahn gives one. Uh, Dar says creative heraldish people are pretty awesome. They are. There is... Anytime you open up player creativity in a game, you're only doing yourself a favor. I know, and it's so sad to see that it's leaving Star Trek Online and Neverwinter. Yeah, I, they've said it's technically untenable. I'm not going to say they're lying because they're losing a lot of people, I think. So well, I don't... Maybe they'll uh, start building a new system from ground up. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe if there's ever a Star Trek Online 2, it'll be integrated into the DNA of the game. Maybe, who knows? Okay, you can only hope. Yeah. Can only hope. It's kind of if you build. Duncan game, says he built a new system. It's like a slideshow. <laughs> Duncan's already built it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we want you to join us in Gen Con 2020 if you can. I'm going to be there. Heathen Dog's going to be there. Max Leo's going to be there. Elgarian, you said you're probably going to be there, right? Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, we might be living in a van, but we'll be there. <laughs> yes. Duncan is seriously going to build a mission with it. And ask guys to play. Heck yeah, we'll do that, Duncan. I'm not kidding. I'm in. Well, just hang out at my granddad's house. Oh, does he live down there? He lives in Lafayette, next town over. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. So, here's your Twitch, Twitch streamy schedule. Elgarian, Monday through Friday. Streaming Shroud the Avatar. In the in the, the afternoons, he's doing RimWorld. A miscellaneous game on Wednesday. Thursday's Trek to Friday, Saturday, Shroud the Avatar. That's a lot of Shroud the Avatar. It's good. I actually got a schedule update. Uh... So Monday nights is I have Rimmold no longer on the schedule. So Monday nights is Shroud and Tuesday nights is Star Trek. All right, I will update that. Yeah, I noticed on Tuesday I saw you playing Star Trek. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he the dog. We already talked about that. Past five Mondays, Star Trek Online Sunday, Star Trek Online Thursday with me. And that's my schedule. But that will be changing eventually. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm going to be changing Sunday nights from Star Trek Online to uh, console mainly games, mainly RPGs. We're going to start off with uh, Legend of the Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. I'm playing that right now. It's a great game. Here's our rating system. Half star bad, five star good. Stuff in the middle. Two and a half average. Disclaimer. We need Anthem up, I'll be tea for team up. Oh, yeah. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to find a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Now we're all safe now. We're all safe. We're all safe. Yes. I have the protective bubble now. All right. Let's talk about this, kids. Garthon's Comic Poll is a review system where Garthon gets three comics that came out this week and tells you all about them. Learn your new opinions, impress your friends, and come along with Garthon's Comic Poll. Here it is. Everyone. Theme music. Yes, Garthon's Comic Poll! Subscribe! And your life will be better, I promise. <clears throat> Alright, Captain America, number nine. Written by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Art by Adam Kubert. Colors by Frank Martin. Cover by Alex Ross. All right, there's a lot of top talent on this book. Um, Adam Kubert is freaking yes. amazing. Uh, oh, Ross is also really good. Yeah, That's Alex, great cover Alex Ross is freaking amazing. Um, Tony Hesey Coates is actually, he's a good writer. 
I was worried about like the amount of politics you might throw in the book, and that really hasn't happened. This book has been a very slow burn. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates is taking a very long time building the story. Not to the point where I'm bored with it. It's just I want to see more happening. I want to see it move on, which is a good thing. It's giving me just enough to make me want more. Uh, which not to say the book is perfect. It has failings. Uh, for instance, the Captain America comic book is the only comic book in Marvel continuity that gives even half of a crap about Secret Empire. You know, the whole giant year-long series where Marvel hyped the living heck out of it, tried to get stores to dress up as Nazis, and right, where right. Captain America became a Nazi, then Superman <clears throat> freed his way out of it. Yeah, that giant... Well, did it, did it tie in best with Captain America? Well, it was a Captain America storyline. There you go. Okay. But it was so rank, so god-awful, and so terrible that no other book will even mention it. Marvel in general <laughs> doesn't mention it. Anytime it's brought up, it is with scorn. There are people who will say, that was a great idea, and they get stared at until they're quiet. Um, <laughs> because it's a bad idea. Those are the kind of people who say, you know what? People say the prequels weren't very good, but they were really excellent. Episode 3? Oh my gosh! No. No. You've lost your opinion to give opinions. You lost your, you lost the right to give opinions at that point. Because episode 3 sucked. You could say it was pretty. Yeah, like Terminator 4. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I, ha I have missed out on that one. It hasn't been on Netflix or Prime yet. I'll keep an eye out for it. Moderately, I'll fond, watch of, anything moderately fond of episode three. How to get into? You could be moderately fond of episode three. That's fine. I'm not saying you can't. But I just, episode three had kind of a nice uh, sneak into the uh, the aftermath of the the war. You know, did. where you got to see it. You know, you didn't. You never you never got to see That's that. That's true. You know, in hindsight, I guess episode one really was the worst. Really, wasn't it? Yeah, episode I one mean, was the worst. Episode two was bad too. Episode three, well, episode one was worse than all of them though. I'll say episode one. They all had their good parts. The love story between Anakin and Amidala was believable. Um, no, it was it was not. No, it makes perfect sense that a uh, a twenty year old woman would fall in love with a uh, five year old boy. Yeah, and so it's yeah, you know, still a better yeah, love story yeah. than Twilight, to quote the meme. Yeah. Um, but in this book, Captain America number nine. Tony Coates, out of you. The it's had a very long build into the storyline. Uh, right now, Steve Rogers has been framed for the murder of General Thunderbolt Ross. He's in a super prison, which is run by Baron von Strucker. See, a lot of things that happen is during the whole Hail Hydra campaign of Secret Empire. All mm -hmm. of these Hydra operatives who were ousted from the Hydra hierarchy by Captain Mary, by Evil Cap's new new Hydra, they all ended up joining the resistance against Hydra. Not so much because they're good people, but because they someone took their job, and they were pissed. So, all of those people ended up with presidential pardons for their past crimes because they helped fight against the horrible... Hydra takeover of the world. They were very upfront about it. So you end up with all these Hydra people down positions of power of the government. In a way, that kind of makes sense. That they went, hey, these guys actually weren't so bad. They were fighting against Hydra. With no one going deeper to say, but that's only because someone was more evil than them for two seconds. They're still evil. They're st that's Baron von Strucker. He is a Nazi. He literally was a Nazi. 
literally he there's pictures of him with Hitler shaking hands and giving a thumbs up for evil that, that, that literally Nazi not even like I don't like your opinion so I'm yelling at you uh, saying you're Nazi you know literal uniform wearing goose stepping 1940s Nazi is Baron von Strucker hmm. but it does make sense that they would give him the pardon uh, he doesn't have a government job he's in charge of a super prison <clears throat> that he designed himself if you know Baron von Strucker's history, that makes sense. He likes creating death traps. So a prison's just a death trap without killing anyone. You know, they probably all just got pardons and then they're immediately under surveillance because they know they're going to do something bad right right away again. So You would think, but yeah. no. But no, because the guys who are in charge of surveilling them were also bad guys. Okay. <laughs> who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. Um, so Caps have been framed for uh, Ross's murder. He's in a super prison. Uh, which is headed up by Baron von Strucker, who gets his giggles and and uh, refreshes his youth and strength by torturing people. Uh, yeah, so that's not going good. Uh, meanwhile, the resistance movement of like all super females is working together to try and figure out how to free him. Sharon Carter, Misty Knight, Spider Woman, Mockingbird, Tony Ho, basically. In this issue, Sharon Carter goes to her their secret meeting of like the Lady Liberators, I think they're calling themselves, and they're led by the mysterious Dryad, who looks a lot, as you can see on the panel on the left, looks a lot like Black Widow. To me, it looks so much like Black Widow. It can't possibly be Black Widow. Yeah. Dryads are nature spirits, tree spirits. I don't know if it's all new character. I have a theory about Dryad. Do you want to hear my insane theory? I do want to hear your insane theory, yes. Of course, I could be wrong. Dryad's an established character, probably I know it's not. Yeah. My insane theory is that Dryad is actually Sharon Carter. But after Sharon Carter gets youngified in the future and goes back in time. Yes, I know that makes no sense, but that's my theory. Because she knows all the stuff Sharon Carter knows. She knows all the super spy stuff. She's trying to do everything can to save Steve Rogers. She, you know, that's my theory. Hmm. Uh, I know it's insane. But you see that. That's who's meeting to say. And they're trying to figure out how to break him out of the prison. Meanwhile, in the prison, a lot of the people in the prison don't believe that Steve Rogers, Captain America, is a good guy. They're still under the impression that, yeah, they say there's two separate dudes. But I still think that he's really the evil guy. And he, you know, basically, everyone in the prison still thinks that he's like the evilest Nazi ever. Even though, like, the evil Naziist guys are like, hey, we're still on your side. He's like, that isn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. And so they're all mad. Like, how dare you rebuff us now? We will kill you in the shower. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> um, Just wait until you drop your soap. Yeah. So, but a couple of the uh, last issue... Strucker just messed up Wrecker, which uh, I doesn't make sense. Wrecker is like a Thor villain, but I guess Strucker gets stronger from sucking his juice or something. I don't know. So the Wrecking Crew is on alert. They don't want any part of that. If he could beat the crap out of Wrecker, they don't want any of that. Uh, so they're trying to plot a plan. So they're trying to figure out a plan about what to do, like trying to break out, what they're going to do. If they should try and get Rogers on their side, but they don't trust him. Um, but one of them fakes freaking out, like assaults some of the guards, and they just start lighting him up and just, I think it's Thunderball. They keep shooting him, shooting him, shooting him. 
And eventually, Cap can't take him. Where it's like, you know, all right, all right, you you pacified him now, let him go. And they're like, yeah, I don't think so. And they're like, hey, Tommy, isn't that the captain of nothing? Think it is, aren't you? Ain't got a shield, huh? And then Cap, of course, you know, just whoops them, takes their guns and shoots them with their, their stun guns and shoots them with their own freaking weapons. Um, and then, you know, which, of course, begins a prison riot. And everyone's like, yeah! Uh, which yeah. gets quelled. Cap gets thrown <laughs> into uh, solitaire. Which comes to a nice moment where... Struckers, you know, this whole prison was designed to break people. And he's like, you think you'll break me, Struckers? Like, no, I've tried too many times. I know that can't happen. You're too stupid and ignorant to be broken. You, you're not smart enough to know when you're beat. So, but you know what? There's other well, ways to break people. One way people. to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, he's, he's like, you know, I've, I've tried in the past. And you just won't break because you're too stupid to know yeah, when you're broken. So, you're so therefore, you must be dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're too dumb to know I've beaten you. So, I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you didn't break, did you beat him? Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, though. He's, he has to tell himself stories to say, I still win. Um, he to feel better about yeah, himself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The so He's like, you know, I can't hurt you. But what are all the other prisoners here? I could hurt all of them for your actions. What are any friends you have on the outside? I could hurt them for your actions. Think of that for a second. And then he leaves him in solitaire. Uh, meanwhile, the video of him causing a prison riot gets put, you know, out to the news outlets. Like, look, Captain America is such a menace. Not only did he kill Thunderbolt Ross, he's beating up prison guards. <laughs> so, kind of a downer of a book because everything's going to hell and Cap just can't win. Mm. But it's well written, and the way it's set up is believable. Isn't that pretty much his life, though? Where he's, you know, constantly running into <laughs> major issues like this for his <laughs> reputation and Dark side stuff. Those poor innocent Nazi super prison guards. I know, right? <laughs> I was expecting crazy to like Dryad did 9/11. Possible. Uh, yeah. The Captain America's comic is basically a series of things are going great. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! For you know, uh, yeah. Basically, every new writer sold a cap and has to immediately mm. say he gives up on America, but not really. He's still for the spirit of everyone does that. So I'm, a, you know, I've read Captain America so long. I've just every time a new writer gets hold of it, it's like, all right, how long until he gets he gives up? And oh, there it is. Oh, but now he's found his faith again. Okay, cool. Hang on. Um, this has been a very slow burn. It's been more political intrigue than superhero intrigue. It's working for me, but I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I'm kind of done with this crap, and I really want to forget Secret Empire ever existed. Please stop talking about it. Hmm. Um. You're not going to be bringing in new fans to Captain America with this series, but I think you're going to hold old fans. You're holding me, um, and I just about gave up during Nick Spencer, okay. who now is doing a much better job on Spider-Man. So it's not a bad book. I really liked it. I didn't love it. I think the art's solid. I like Adam Kubert's art. It's really solid. It does a great way of doing that storytelling. Um, cause it's showing, not telling the action. It's showing what's happening. And it's actually does a really good job considering how little action there is in the book. It does a great job holding your attention. <laughs> so all of that considered, it gets three stars. Yeah. I like it, but it's not, I really want to know what happens next, but I can't tell anyone. Oh, you got, you got to read this book. It's if you were going to pick up Captain America, what book would you start with right now? Avengers? <laughs> I mean, Avengers <laughs> is weird right now, but it's... Yeah. So you would actually start with Avengers and not pick the series up? No, nah, I, I mean, I like Catch America. Um, 
if I was going to say to read a Captain America story arc, I would have to go back to when Brubaker was writing it about five years ago. Oh, now I'm saying somebody was trying to get into it now. Yeah, that's why I'd say by Avengers. Would you start at number one in the series, or would you start at number six? Or? I would start at Avengers. <laughs> right, wow, by the current issue of Avengers. Okay. The current run of Captain America is so... I, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm saying that if all you've seen is the movies... Mm-hmm. If you want to understand what's happening now, you have to start with Secret Empire. But Secret Empire is crap. And I don't want to wish that on anyone to read it. <laughs> okay. So I would have to say read the Avengers. You'll get your Thor. You'll get your Iron Man. You'll get your Hulk. Well, you won't. you'll get She-Hulk, who is basically Hulk right now because of bad writing. And yeah, that's a better Captain America book right now. This and is a – if you just are – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Just to make sure, on Green Arrow, I've been watching it on TV, and they have some alternate uh, dimension where they see other selves, and they're kind of like a Nazi-esque kind of thing. Does that have anything to do with uh, that story arc that with the Nazis in the comics? No. Okay. Uh, basically, the, cos- the sentient version of the Cosmic Cube tried to make the Red Skull happy because she thought the Red Skull was her dad. And so she made the utopian Nazi America he wanted by turning Captain America into a true believer into fascism. But... Of course it doesn't have anything to do with it. That's DC. I don't even know why I was thinking that. Yeah. Hmm. But it wasn't even an alternate dimension. It was Cosmic Cube made Captain America evil. All right, yeah, short version. Cosmic Cube made Captain America into a Nazi, but... It had, it realized what it was doing was maybe it was a little bit wrong, and so it actually kept a copy of Captain America inside of itself, the original version, that eventually convinced the Cosmic Cube that what it did was wrong and Scroll and Red Skull was bad, and to let him out. So he, like Superman, threw his way out of the other Captain America, and they they had a big fight, they had a fist fight for justice, and that was it. Solar says, like, you're speaking foreign language to me. Yeah. Yeah, Captain America has gone through some stuff in the comic books. Hmm. All right, next book. Something easier to explain. Yeah, if you want to read Captain America, read The Avengers. Okay. If if, if you're a fan of the movies, read The Avengers. War of the Realms. That's that's a good one. That's good, too. Cosmic Q knows the importance of back if you're saved. Yeah, exactly, Darksiders. That's exactly what it did. And now it's... Back, uh, there's all right. We're not gonna talk about that. There's a sub story going on. We're not gonna talk about. Okay, Red Sonia number three. This will be simpler. Written by Mark Russell, art by Mirko Kolak and Bob Q. That's what the book says. Bob Q. Colors hmm. by Dear Blah Kelly. Lord help me. That's what it says. The book. Dear Blah Kelly. That's their name. Hmm. And Bob Q. Cover by Amanda Connor and Paul Mounts. That's an eye-catching cover. I will say that. All right, so in this new iteration of the Red Sonja series, um, it began with uh, Sonja being contacted by the, by the goat-herding losers of her homeland, saying that she, they needed her right away. When she got there, she was told, they were told, oh, we're so happy to see you. Uh, we've elected you queen. Later. And the, and the leaders all ran like hell. Hmm. Uh, when she, so basically she was holding the bag as the Empire... The emperor has a 
is coming to take over Hirokenya, her native lands. And she's been made the queen to deal with that. Uh, the emperor is obsessed with expanding his lands because there's a curse on him. If his lands ever stop expanding, he'll die. Uh, it's been interesting. I've actually find the emperor highly a highly amusing character. He's not evil. He's just highly pragmatic. He doesn't want to die, so he needs to keep expanding his land. That's just the, how it is. And he'll go to people to ask them to surrender, you know, and to surrender their lands. And if they don't, he has to go to war with them to expand his lands. And anyone who stops him from expanding is therefore trying to assassinate him because if he doesn't, he'll die. Come on, man. So, and he's been a very interesting character. Not evil, definitely not good, but uh, a very neutral. He's like he's like neutral evil, maybe true neutral, maybe even lawful neutral. He's just like I have to do this, uh, so I'm gonna do the best I can. It is what it is. Um, but last issue, she set up a cunning trap for the Emperor, where they end up being able to raid all of his supplies. Can he expand his land like an inch to save off death, Darksiders? That's what I was wondering. Can't someone say, tell you what, I will give you one square inch of my land every year, <laughs> so you will constantly be expanding. Why they can't... found the loophole. Yeah, why isn't that, why isn't that enough? Mm. Um, but this actually makes a really good dog, too. Like, she didn't want to be queen of these idiots, but she's done a good job kind of smacking him into shape. Um, there's actually some interesting things that have going on. Like, a member for council is like a guy who just absolutely doesn't want to be there. And he got the position because it's a position, basically like a position of the voice of the people, as given to whoever like wins a contest to complaining the most. And it's like every plan is like this. Is just basically, that way the, the king of Hurricane, or queen in this case, always has someone to tell them why their plan is a bad idea. Which is kind of funny. What if he pours a bucket of sand on a coastline? See, I like that too. See, funny. someone needs to talk to this emperor. Myth equals busted. Cotton it'll drift. Um, yeah. But they, uh, so she's actually done a good job, like stealing his supplies. So he has to stay in place, wait for his supply train because they've completely stolen all of his supplies. Um, his people are starting to kind of lose a little trust in the him. But uh, so they're kind of stuck, and her people are like, "Oh man, we got all their gold! Woo, let's party!" She's like, "No, we are not partying. We are reinforcing our position because they're still like." We're still outnumbered, like, 30 to 1. We will still die. We need to be smart and plan. He's not going to give up. Not this easy. So, I like that. But this issue begins with a flashback scene where she's about to go and capture a rogue general as part of a mission. And it says, Inkital, years before. And basically, this old dude's telling her, like, oh, you have to go catch the general and bring him back alive. She's like, yeah, sounds good. He's like, but I must warn you, he's elusive and resourceful, not come easily. Yeah, they never do. Nothing is more dangerous than a man with no loyalty. She's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. You don't seem deeply concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's lips, man. I got 50 men here. Oh, do you? Then he goes, hey, I hear offer a gold coin to every man who refuses the assignment. Who will take it? Like, everybody raises their hand. Oh, whoa, whoa. He's like, how many men do you have now? Uh, 30, I think. Like, I don't say, like, okay. I will give 10 goals to whoever abandons Sonia. More guys leave. What are you doing? I'm down to 10 men. Just a minute. Not done. I'll give a farm to anyone who forsakes Sonia the Red. Woo! <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, that's better. It's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, now you won't go and be like, all right, again, like an overconfident fool. He's like, those are pretty exercises, you know. You cost me 48 men. And he tells her, they were never your men. Hmm. Fair enough. That's a good this, point. Yeah. And then it goes back to the main thrust of the issue where... 
She's successfully fended off this emperor. This is excessive level of crazy. It is. I love it. So, the emperor, she's managed to keep him off for a little bit. He's stuck behind a, a lake. He has to wait three weeks. Two to three weeks, they think, for supplies. Um, they're trying to... Meanwhile, supporters are starting to come out for Sonia. Um, she has one group called the Matrons. Uh, she's had them for a while. Or the Baron, they're called. Basically, they're women who can't have kids anymore. Uh, basically, you know... Because in Hurricane, they don't waste anything. So just because you can't have kids anymore doesn't mean you, and or your family's dead doesn't mean you're useless. Pick up a freaking bow and kill someone. So mm-hmm. highly trained. Kind of like the female Russian snipers in World War II. Okay. Meanwhile, these other guys show up. Uh, these Northmen show up. It's like, oh, we're your cousins. We're here to help you out. And it's like, uh-huh, that's great. Like, yeah, so all we need is a share of the gold. We'll, you know, we'll fight with you. They're like, no, that's ours. All those steel weapons, all the gold, that's ours. It's like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it, do you? You're going to get your asses kicked. You need us because we're all big and tough. Look at us. Uh, uh, we're awesome. You guys all suck. You got some old women with you. They're stupid. But uh, we get our share. It's like, you didn't earn it. It's like, oh, yeah, you need us. She's like, and she basically says, get the hell out. Get the hell out. So everyone, please escort, escort our cousins out of here. Thank you. Right. And, of course, somebody's the comment of like, you know, you just lost a bunch of men. And she says, they were never ours. You know, harkening back to the lesson shared a while ago that people only pay come for coin are not your friends. Because later there's a flashback, there's a later flashback she has where she successfully captures the guy. And she brings it back and she's like, you know, that place was an impregnable fortress. If I had that army, we would have been slaughtered because I only had four people we were able to sneak in and grab him. You did that on purpose, didn't you? He was like, eh. And then he gives her a background of how he grew up in a gold mine. Like, he doesn't even know his mother. He was just, as far as he knows, he erupted out of the dirt in this mine. His earliest memories as a child were working in a gold mine. Um, and eventually, the 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 no the warlord who owned the mine thought it would make him rich, because it's a gold mine. And then he'd really have the armies to have all the other warlords bow down to him. All it did was make all the other warlords target him, because now he had a gold mine. But as he grew up, he, you know, all these things happened. Eventually, there was a cave-in, and he ran out as a young man. The first time he'd seen the sun in years. And he was expecting to get whipped and told to get back in there. And he just found that the guards were gone. It was people he'd never seen before. And that his warlord was dead. And they're like... And the other warlords were contesting were contesting over it. Like, well, who owns the mine then? They're looking at him and said, well, I guess you own it then for now. He's like, nope. And so he actually joins the mercenaries who are guarding the mine. Because <laughs> owning the gold mine is owning your old grave. The gold mine kills everyone eventually. Which becomes a lesson learned later. The writer does a great job of like, making things tie back in. It's a little on the nose sometimes, but it is a fun read. Where those same dudes who are like, yeah, yeah look at us go to the Emperor and say, hey, we know all their positions. We were over there. Just take X amount of gold. And he's like, all right, cool. And then they end up leading a raid on Sonya where they just get absolutely slaughtered uh, through some cunning trickery by the Baron. You know, right, they think they killed him. They start, they go, oh, yeah, the treasure's ours. They go up to it and all the boxes, which used to be full of weapons and gold, open up and they're now full of women with bows who pepper them full of arrows to death. Uh, 
You think we got a uh, Red Sonia movie on the horizon? Maybe I don't know. Uh, it's they, been a it keeps. Long time. There is one in development. Really? Yes, there is. Nice. Uh, no cast, but it's been in development. Uh, they went through. Uh, they've already gone through one director, which is never a good sign. Yeah. Kind of like the Conan the King film was basically about to get made, and then it just didn't. Mm. Yeah, everyone had that signed. Schwarzenegger is signed on board. Uh, then they went through like two directors, and then it just got dropped. There was a resurgence of Conan, though. Uh, wasn't there? There was a new Conan movie not too long ago. It there flopped. was. It was not very good. Yeah, it was. It was. But it wasn't very good. No, it was horrible. It, it was, was horrible. pretty bad. <laughs> uh, recently, Marvel got the rights to Conan back, so oh, they're producing like two different Conan comic books. They're not very good, uh, and Conan is joining the Avengers. Not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, Darkseid's right. Prince of Persia levels of cinematography. That's exactly what the problem was. Yes. It's like, yeah. look, more sand monsters. Ooh. That, that's not why people want to watch Conan. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this book has been great for some intrigue, some political stuff, some great war stuff. And, and I love the interaction of personalities. It's showing a different side of Red Sonia. Um, in issue one, it annoyed the snot out of me because I wanted her chopping people up. But right, but the book has really grown on me. I got to give Mark Russell credit. I did not like issue one, but I saw potential, and it's really paying off. It's been a really great read. I'm enjoying every issue. Uh, I'm going to give this the Garth on Gold Standard a four stars for Red Sonia number three. It is a fun book. I've really been enjoying it. What's that? Eleven of sub. Four stars. Four stars. Four stars. Oh, four stars. There it is. Well, Baldahar knows. <laughs> four Baldahar. stars. <laughs> oh, God, please, no. 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 Four stars. Yeah, Ravenslayer's been in for 11 months subs. Dang. Nine in a row. That's more than me. Thank you, Ravenslayer. All right. Oh, War, hey, War of the Realms, number one. Written by Jason Aaron. Art by Russell Dodderman. Colors by Matthew Wilson. Covered by Arthur Adams and Matthew Wilson. Art Adams rules. What Art Adams is my favorite artist. Yeah, he rules. I thought he was. Is he? St- I thought he was just gone. No, he's semi-retired. He does covers every now and then. Oh, yeah, he's my favorite. Art Adams rules, man. Uh, it says would have showed up, but your host still so logged in earlier. Yeah, that happens. The uh, <laughs> thanks for the four stars, Eldar. <laughs> um. This is an interesting book. The art is incredible. Uh, I only I'm only showing two pages, where it don't really show. The art just is really spot on. It's a little harsh, maybe some of the characters are shown, um, but basically, Jason Aaron is rising. He writing it. He has done Thor for quite a while now. Really interesting, weird multiversal arcs going on. Thor in the comics is a very different character than what you might know. If you haven't read the comics, Thor in the comics is a very different character now. Um, not personality-wise so much, but this, he's gone through some stuff. But basically, wars and raging through the realms. You know, uh, Helheim, Heaven, Sniffleheim, Wiffleheim, you know, all the realms. <laughs> Sniffleheim? Sniffleheim, where, where it's cold. You get oh, the well, sniffles. Yeah, sense. It's where you get the sniffles. That's yeah. right. Uh, Spartheim, Jotunheim, Vanheim, Asgard, Alfheim, Nidveller, Midgard, Muspelheim. Yeah, Niflheim. Niflheim. Yeah. Well, that's not Sniffleheim, but it's close enough. <laughs> the uh, 
the Rainbow Bridge is shattered. But Malekith, the head of the Dark Elves, has decided now's a great time to uh, kill all the Asgardians and anyone who likes them. And, uh, and Midgard, burn that down to the ground too. Just take over everything. He's decided now's the time. The So it starts off with Odin, you know, alone in Asgard because it's pretty much a wreck. It's a ruin. Rainbow Bridge is shattered. They're trying to figure out how to fix it, but they're not that good at that sort of thing because everyone who could fix it got killed. The And as he's talking to himself, uh, the Dark Elf assassins show up and murder him. You don't actually see him get murdered. Well, actually, you do see him get murdered. So, yeah, he gets murdered on screen. After which, they go after the rest of the Asgardians, who, due to the events that happened to Asgard, are now living in New York City. Wait, this is Thor Dark World. No raves are you did not. <laughs> but it's still full of Dark Elves, though. They... Basically, they start trying to assassinate everyone. And that doesn't quite work out for them. Spider-Man gets involved. More Dark Elves come out. They start killing every, everyone. And then they say, well, you know what? If that didn't work, screw it. And they start opening all these... Well, before that happens, Thor's on his boat... He lives on a boat. Because he's a Viking. He's on a boat oh, in the harbor. He's a Viking. Okay. Yeah. Um, he keeps sending out magic hammers. He has multiple magic hammers now. Uh, but he keeps sending out magic hammers to try and find a pathway to Asgard. And none of them ever returned. But all of a sudden, like, there's something lands on his boat, and it's Loki. And How many does he have exactly? I mean, we're talking dozens? We're talking, like, infinite. He, he, you know, remember in the third Thor film where Odin says, are you the god of hammers? Now he is. Pretty much. Okay. Some writer said, Ooh, what a good idea. Jason Aaron went, <laughs> yeah, screw that lightning stuff. What if, you know, how? Yeah. all right, you know how Thor like spins a hammer, right? Imagine this, three hammers. How do you spin three, three hammers and then another two hammers just flying around him? Nice. Not joking. That's a real scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, of course, then you picture like there's two in one hand. He doesn't have like one around his head. You know, it's not like right, right. complete. It's not holding one in his mouth. It's not one piece. <laughs> uh, but uh, <clears throat> but he's hanging with Thori, his uh, his Asgardian mastiff, who can talk. Again, not kidding. Um, and suddenly there's a crash on the boat. He looks and it's Loki who looks like he's been stabbed. He's like, Loki, you betrayer. You're hearing like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, past that. Look, uh, I, I found a way to Asgard, and there's a big war, and people are trying to kill me. And that's when the Asgardian, that's when the Dark Elves assassins come out, and they beat them up. Well, Thor beats them all up. It's like, see, I told you the bad things. Um, so hey, why don't you go with me? And I'll take, and we could go to Asgard. We, you can, I can, see, you can. I'm sorry, my brother's like, you are full of lies. But I think you actually came from Asgard. So okay, let's go. And meanwhile, Thor is feeling like, um, uh, Master, I think, um, Master. And then they teleport out, and poor Thor is still sitting, the do the giant Mastiff is still on the boat going, Master, I, that, I don't think, I don't think. And of course, they go off, and they're not in Asgard, they're in Jotunheim, where it's all icy, and there's ice giants. <laughs> and it turns out that that wasn't Loki, it was Malekith, the Dark Elf. He's like, ha ha ha, you fool. And then Thor has to end up fighting, like, all the ice giants. It's kind of interesting to have a shapeshifter or somebody who can cast illusions take the form of Loki who can 
shapeshift and cast illusions. Yep. Meanwhile, the dog ends up going to the Avengers, telling him what happened. To which, you know, Catcher's like, yeah, the the talking dog told us that Thor was taken by someone who isn't Loki. We're assuming someone else. Hmm. You gotta love that there's a talking dog. The... But after being unable to assassinate Lady Sif and Thor's mom, all hell breaks loose. All the portals open. All the the fire people, the evil angels, the Jotuns, er, the Dark Elves, everyone just comes through the portals. Uh, on the page to the right, you see that's when like the final, like the big bads are coming through. You got the Enchantress, you got Malekith on a big flying white tiger because he loves the 1980s heavy metal. Um, but you see all these people showing up and Malekith gives this big speech about, oh, you, it's like, this isn't a war. You've already lost. You have this one chance to surrender. And that's when the shield hits him in the face. So I had to get that pale because, you know, anytime a shield hits someone in the face, you know, I got to go for it. Yeah. Okay. Lockjaw's not a dog. He's a human. Yes. And Ravensler 38, as you know, because I know you know comic books. They've actually changed Lockjaw's history a couple times, where I'm not sure what it is anymore. But at one point, Lockjaw was actually a person who got turned into a dog by the mists. Which makes sense because they don't put animals in the mists to make their powers come out. They put people in the mists. And when he came out, he was a dog. But he still thinks like a person. But he can't talk that poor dude because mm-hmm. everyone treats him like a dog but I guess he's mm-hmm. got used to it I don't know because this is really messed up if that's the case I don't know if they changed that yeah where is this yeah he was a human child he came out looking like a dog yeah so that's messed up okay. I don't like it it's well, messed now up we get, he, get, he gets a lot more belly rubs now though I'm that sure. is true he gets more belly rubs than I do my belly rub quote is rather low mm. anyway so uh it goes back and forth to Thor, where he's just, you know, when Cap says, yeah, Thor's not going to show up. We're sorry. Uh, far as we, his talking dog said he got taken by someone who isn't Loki somewhere else. Because Loki shows up here. He's like, hey, bad things are happening. Oh, God. This is, don't worry. I'm on your side. They're like, yeah, we're a little worried about that. And so it goes flashback to Thor, who's like murdering all the ice giants with multiple hammers. And basically say, this is all you got? Bring me more giants! So he's he's being cool. He's being a badass. But back on Earth, Loki's true father, the king of the ice giants, is like, Loki, you dare stand against me? And he's like, yeah, I know I'm a disappointment and stuff. He's like, so he actually whoops Loki, grabs him and says, it says, you know, I know we know how to, you know, we, the ice giants, you know, know how to swallow their failures. And he actually eats and chews up and swallows Loki. Like, there's blood. He, he like, chews, swallows him. And everyone just kind of looks on in shock. And Cap's like, okay, he just ate Loki. This is a whole new level now, people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, that's when the war really gets started. That's kind of where it ends. There's a lot of insane things that happen in this book, and nothing goes well for our for the heroes, which is a typical issue one of a big mega series. The bad guys have to show up and prove they're badasses, which has been done. And if you think Loki's dead, well, it, he's Loki. He's obviously not. He's gonna walk out from behind a building later, saying, "Oh, that wasn't me," you know. So, or you'll find out he's actually the Enchantress, and he ate someone else. You never know. <laughs> 
So it was an interesting book. It's a really interesting start to this series. Um, it is exactly what I expected it to be, where the entire Thor roster of villains shows up on Earth at once because they feel like it. See, on the cover, mm-hmm. Thor has two hammers. See? Yes, he does. Yeah. I see hammers, mm-hmm. but no lightning. So, uh, God of Hammers. Well, it took him a while to figure out that more hammers is better. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark says is looking at the plot armor of Jotunheim. Exactly. Uh, so it's an interesting book. It's a great start. There's a lot of really dynamic art going on in it. Some really big scenes where you got to like, kind of look around what's going on. Uh, not a lot going on in character development or anything. There's some neat little points, but you know what? You can't hard to really do real development at this point. I don't, they haven't explained how Malekith got that kind of power, was able to do it. Three stars. Mm. It's more than three stars. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the book. It was fun. Not awesome, but it was a lot of fun. But the art is really good. So you know where that's going. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Four stars for War of the Realms, number <laughs> one. I know I give a lot of four stars, but it's really good. It's a better-than-average yeah. book. But it's not so good that I'm really over the moon about it. That's like a four-star book. It's really good. It's not great, but it's really good. Um, and if you want to jump into like some wacky, I want to see all the heroes punching each other stuff, this is where to go right now. This is where to go. Well, I got a question for you. What was the last, uh, not cover, but full comic book that Arthur Adams had drawn? I honestly have no idea. Couldn't tell. It's been a while. Probably been a while. Yeah, it's been a, quite a while. Uh, Razor says, the three stars for the art, the story is lacking, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the story is nothing groundbreaking or super interesting. It is, but it's not bad. Uh, I give it four stars because the art's really, really solid. The story was entertaining. It certainly wasn't break any ground at all. Like I said, this is exactly what you expect to happen. At the beginning of the scroll invasions, the scrolls have to show up and beat everyone to show they're in charge. At the beginning of Atlantis Attacks, all the water people show up and they wash away a couple cities to show they're in charge. This is exactly what you got here. Um, and it's nothing groundbreaking, nothing super interesting. Secret Invasion was actually a really good beginning, though. That was a little different. But uh, Secret Empire. No, Secret Invasion. Whatever. So yeah, I, st- I stick by my four stars. But I, I could be convinced down. I could be convinced down. Everybody gets four stars. Yeah, pretty much. You get four stars, and you get four, four stars. stars. But yeah, really, so I can see your point, giving it three stars. I just thought it was a little better than that. But <clears> I, I definitely wouldn't argue with you on a three-star rating on that. One thing I do have to say, though, the cover for Arthur Adams, his older work, I think, was a, a, a bit better. You know, I think his his style, it almost seems like it's gone. Well, he used to go into so much detail back in the day, and now it's kind of, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's not nearly as detailed. Yeah, it's not nearly as detailed, but uh, look at Neil Adams' art now. Uh, if you looked at, like, my review for Batman 1000, I showed a couple pages of the story he did for that. And Neil Adams was another fantastic, iconic Batman artist. But, you know, you get older, you get arthritis, you can't draw as well, it, mm-hmm. uh, your eyes go. It's just the unfortunate nature of the universe, you know, mm-hmm. and you just can't do what you did before. Mm-hmm. I Drawing a comic, it seems like it'd be something really simple to do, but it actually takes a lot of work, a lot of endurance, especially through a whole book. Mm-hmm. And when it's like the pro athletes, there comes a time where they could still run a ball down the field, but not like they could, you know. Uh, a pro pitcher can still throw the ball, but it ain't going 95 anymore. It's going 85. And that's where Art Adams is right now. 
Gotcha. So. All right. So what do you think of this segment? Let me know. 4.25 stars. <laughs> Doug says three and a half. I could be argued to three and a half. I really could. Um, I just really, I enjoyed some of the dialogue a lot. Made me laugh a couple times. But yeah, the story is nothing groundbreaking at all. Uh, what do you think of this segment? Let me know. What are your thoughts on War of the Realms? I, did you think I overrated it? Some people do. That's fine. I've seen a lot of people get much higher ratings, which I don't. At least they don't take your line highest like the Arts for Berserk. That's true. Uh, do you have any suggestions for future comic reviews? Main books, indies? Let me know, and we will talk about that. Make sure not to miss an episode. You follow me on Twitch. You go hit the follow, and then you'll know every time Twitch is happening. Then you can subscribe, and everything is 30% better in your entire life. Guaranteed. Guaranteed is not applicable. And then when you subscribe, you're able to subscribe. We're only giveaways on Twitch. And then also you go on YouTube and subscribe there. Bing, bing, bing. It's free to subscribe on YouTube. And you can see whenever new videos are uploaded from the Legion of Myth, including Garthon's Comic Bowl. Thank you, everyone. If you want more Garthon, check me out on YouTube. Garthon's Comic Bowl, Team of Star Trek Odyssey, World Legends. See me stream Sundays, 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Do Star Trek Online. Uh, check out past streams on YouTube, some on Twitch, and currently teaming up. The Star Trek Online, Thursday and Sunday. That will change next week. Well, after next week. All guarantees, not guaranteed. That wasn't a disclaimer. <laughs> then it is now. Oh, that went longer than I thought. That's okay. So, people have been talking. So, it's now time for the... It's now time for the Legion Myth RNG, where we talk random things going on in the world. And this week, what is on our mind here in the RNG? All right, so let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Captain Marvel's really Ooh. probably on there for someone who's only been in one movie. I'm just saying. But she can get finger snapped, so I guess they have more room. The This movie is already selling out tickets. It's not even out. People are going nuts, like, oh, my God, it's going to be the best movie in the universe. And maybe... I don't know. Looks kind of cool. Uh, I'm a nerd. I'm going to see it. I, I like Avengers films. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but a lot of people, the big story coming out is that the tickets have sold out for the opening day and like the pre-shows. And some people are starting to resell those tickets. In fact, recently, there was an individual in, event, in New Jersey who bought an Avengers Endgame ticket for $15,000 US on eBay. Not a joke. Actually paid for it. Well, even nerds can be rich. Yeah, yeah well, we'll talk about that later. But the, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of people are freaking out about it. You know, like someone paid this. Exactly, Beldar. What the F is wrong with this person? Is someone insane? Ravenslayer says, yes, yes. Think about that. That's, you could buy a theater for that. You know, you'd, why would you do that? You know, who is this person who can't wait to see the film that much. Like, I gotta see it for everyone else. 15K, heck yeah. I don't need a new car. Boom. But here's the thing. If you have that much disposable income, you know, if you make enough money, to dark says, there people spend that much on several more on fancy alcohol. Exactly. If you got the means for it, why not? <laughs> you know... I don't have that kind of money. It'd be nice if I did. If I had Bill Gates' money and I could just, you know, you know, I could lose 
you know, $20,000 in my pocket in the wash, you go, oh, why is my lint trap clogged? Oh, it's all these hundreds again. You know, if that was the case, I could do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I don't, but there's no reason for anyone to hate on the people who can. I, if this person is, like, selling drugs or they're injuring others to do this or themselves, well, that's bad. And if they're selling their house to do it, that's bad. If you had Bill Gates, we have a private screening anyway. Yeah, if this guy could spend 15k for a ticket, he can get a private screening, you would think. Or go on video game property. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, listen to 1970s Cap. He says it's all right. Yeah. Well, what if what if he's uh, what if he's uh, only got two weeks to live, you know, and he needs to see it before the end comes? Well, usually there's stories about that. You know, people like aren't terminally ill they want to see that film they actually like shoot they actually like bring it and show it in their you know hospital room or yeah, private screening true. i don't say I'm that happens all the time it. but it has happened a few times <laughs> dunk says people like be more for stuff that's generally destructive to endangered species and, and the global biosphere that's all right yeah yeah mm. right says, oh yeah the first bad captain america <laughs> well that was the first captain america movie there's the republic serial captain america there's a few others but yes that this captain america film is bad but it, wow. it's just <laughs> oh my gosh, so many reasons. But it's just <laughs> cheesy enough that I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's bad enough to be good. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't even have the super soldier serum. He has the flag formula. I don't know it why. It looks like a mix between Evil Knievel and Captain America. Th this was made in 1978. You know who was big in 1978? Evil mm -hmm. Knievel. Evil Evil Knievel. Yeah. <laughs> if you pay fifty thousand for a tomorrow ticket, you need to seek therapy. I'm not saying it's the smartest decision. I'm just saying if you have the means, go for it. You know, if... Oh. <clears throat> he might have sold it on eBay for $20,000. That's true. First Doctor <laughs> Strange was so much better than that movie. Yeah, I'll give you that. Though in some states, the seller's going to jail for unreasonable scalping. It depends. I don't know how the scalping laws work. <laughs> hey, it does. There's no, there's no contest right now. 15 k for a headline ticket. Knowledge you're giving someone 15 k Yeah, you know. It's kind of like those people who wait for three weeks in line to get an iPhone when they could wait, you know, another week and get one without being in line. So the moral of the story is it doesn't hurt you if someone's doing that. It is insane. It's fun to talk about, but I don't see any reason to be upset about it. That's just Garthon's opinion. But I'd been hearing people talk a lot about this recently, so I just want to mention it. I wish I had that kind of money. That'd be nice. I should have followed that with a big subscribe link. Ah, <laughs> uh, Valdar says the buyer's money. It is the buyer's money, exactly. Full All right, second RNG segment. This is a topic a little nearer and dearer to my heart. Probably a little personal. But we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I know this slide again. Avengers Endgame. Super hyped. It's a good picture. Yeah. Well, the movie is super hyped. You can't go anywhere without hearing about it. It's all over social media. It's all over the TV. I guess on my eye. It's everywhere. Um, we got people paying, as we just talked about, ridiculous money for tickets. It's sold out. It's going to blow away, it looks like, every single sales record for movies ever. And that's even before anyone's seen anything of it. 
they've had films building up to it forever. Well, for the last 10 years or so. But the thing is, you're seeing all of these people, and it's become such a pop culture phenomenon that Captain America is my favorite superhero. No secret about that. But they, he was considered by a lot of people to be like a B-list hero. Like, oh, Captain America, he's lame. And now, oh, Captain America's cool. I love him. You hear all the time. You see kids running around everywhere with Captain America t-shirts on. Whereas when I was a kid, I was the only one with a Captain America t-shirt. And I had to search to find it. I had to go through multiple comic book stores to find a Captain America t-shirt. Hmm. Now you can walk into any Walmart or Target and there's five. And that's because things have shifted. Things have changed. Things have changed. Um, this is the kind of people... This was, was me. This Well, I'm not literally in this picture, but that's where I was. I could be the guy on the left. I looked a lot like that. I'm um, pretty sure that's a picture from Stranger Days on Netflix, isn't it? Stranger Things? No, it's not. Stranger Things, yeah. <laughs> it is not. Uh, this is a picture from a website uh, where they actually show pictures of old 1980s D&D groups. Um, yes, there's a website for that. Uh, these are the people who, play, who read the comic books, who played the Dungeons and Dragons. They were the nerds, the geeks, the losers, the marginalized. And all of these things now, where the marginalized went, where I was one of them, most a lot of people listening to this podcast were among them, have now been part of the put into the pop culture in a way that they never were before. Yeah, it's all mainstream now. Right, everything's mainstream now. And so when I was doing Dust and Dragons, this was the first box that I've had, the basic set. Hmm. Yes, this is pre-red box. That's how old I am. The And that's where I first started playing, where I first started learning. Uh, I was in fifth grade. And it was a very small group of people doing it, and it was not the cool kids. It was not even with any kind of show or influence. And, but nowadays, you these are the people you see playing Dungeons & Dragons. They're attractive. They're in shape. Uh, they make a ton of money. All, you also have Hollywood actors, A-list celebrities, uh, musicians, all of these people coming forward and saying, yeah, I love playing Dungeons & Dragons. I do the Dungeons & Dragons all the time. Kind of like us. Oh, yeah, because we're like, super cool. Yeah, we're more like that. Um, and there's been a huge change in the culture of the game as well. Uh, whereas it definitely was mainly, I'm not saying all, I it, it was never an all boys club. The Dungeons and Dragons, no matter what anyone tells you, was never an all boys club. It was mainly boys. That's definitely the truth. Um, <laughs> but that's mainly because like the marginalized nerdy girls didn't know it was there, or they didn't know how to approach the marginalized nerdy boys to say, hey, that sounds fun, or they didn't even know it was, you know, it, it was. They just didn't know it was there, which, again, is part of the larger culture. Seeing it, seeing what it is, people get interested. But it also has changed the game. If you look at, like, the way the rulebooks are even written back then to now, the writing is totally different. Is the game easier now? Is it better? It's certainly a lot easier to play now. But the culture has shifted. The popular culture has grabbed a hold of even what was the font of the nerdiest of the nerdy, D&D. Star Trek, all these things are now 
part of the larger pop culture. They're part of the mass populace. The things that were once occluded, that were once small. Ray says, one of the best players in our group was eight-year-old little sister one of the guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember one of the best players in my group was a uh, was a girl. And actually, in my current group, one of the best players is a girl. And I think that's great. You know, Anyone who wants to play should be able to play. But something happens when you take something from the underground and it becomes part of the pop culture. When it shifts, you could say it loses the original intent, original meaning of what it even was. I mean, is that escape in comic books, in Dungeons and Dragons, in whatever little su- subject you had even there anymore? Uh, I see people, like I said earlier, walking around everywhere in Captain America t-shirts and Iron Man t-shirts. And let me, there was a time I was working uh, in a, in a building, people do that. Whoa. Uh, I, I was installing an MRI machine, but every there was this construction people. Well, uh, some comments. Let's see. Doug says, "What bothers me about the culture is that while the iconography has uh, the major dynamics haven't changed, the game has gone the same way, a much darker form, where business size unrecognizable because it's different consumer demographics involved." That's partly true. Uh, down notice, so I played the mixed groups starting in 76, but then I married the girl I was going out with a 14 and playing exception many more ways than that. Yeah. But that's always fun. The, But every day I see one of the construction guys wearing a different Batman t-shirt. Every day, a different Batman t-shirt. You know, and I, I for two weeks, every day, Batman t-shirt, and they never repeat it. I'm like, man, this guy must be really into Batman. So I, you know, said said to him one day, I said, oh, man, is he, you like Batman? He's like, yeah, Batman's great, man. It's like, oh, what'd you think of the new issue? It's like, what? Uh, uh, in the new issue with, with the Court of Owls. And he, Just watch the movies. Yeah, yeah he went, I, I, don't, I don't read the comic books. Oh. Um, did did you... All right. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Batman Beyond? No, no, I didn't really watch that either. But with the movie, but I saw the last movie, oh, that's cool. And I, I didn't know what to say at that point because I just... Led with the nerdiest premise possible, and he's like, "Nah, dude, I just think that's well, something cool. he watched, or something. You know, something made him fall in love right. with the, you know, the but story in the comic." Here's the thing: Batman. his fandom of Batman wasn't wrong. I, he loved the Batman movies, and that's fine. He loved it enough for he bought all the T-shirts. He probably had a Batman tattoo, for all I know. But to me. In my day, the guy wearing the Batman t-shirt every day would have been reading the comic books, or at least been passingly familiar with them. You know, if I mentioned Court of Owls, he wouldn't go, what? He'd, they'd go, oh, hell yeah, that was an awesome storyline, man. Snyder rules, you know. And Or they would say, that isn't as good as Tom King, and then we get in a fist fight. <laughs> you know, so... Right, right. You know, but that's gone. Because it no longer was what it was even the comic book companies now the two major comic book companies are owned by film companies and to them the comic book companies that they own are just idea houses for movies they could give a crap about comic books 
And the same thing has happened to video games. Um, and many other things. And because Marvel and the other series, they, they, they care about the money. And the money's in the movies. The money's not in the comic books. Comic books are barely profitable. And there's a lot of reasons we go into that. Distribution models, diamond. There's a lot of reasons why comics aren't making the money they should. And it pretty much boils down to the companies being dumb and mismanagement there. But in a way, right now, they're willing to take the loss to get the ideas for the movies and to own the rights for the movies. Uh, there's even rumors about Marvel maybe licensing off their characters to other comic book companies so Marvel won't make comics anymore. Someone else will make hmm. the comics and they won't have to deal with that overhead. It's just a rumor, wow. but it's just believable enough even though some of the best stories will never be adapted in movies at Dark Stars. Yeah, absolutely. Razor says when fandom reaches mass mud market, big budget status nowadays is because the movie image instead of we grew up with and uh, it was what was printed on the page. Yeah. And they care about money. And they are making money with it because people are giving them money. It's part of the mass market. So where does that leave the original nerds? Well, we're out in the cold. What? We were never ejected from it, but the fandom has moved on. There was a great big bus that we were on, and then a lot of other people got on that bus, and then they had to move <clears> it to a train, and no one told us, or we saw the train, and we we're like, yeah, I'm okay over here. We just have to start liking something that's even weirder now. That's the thing. Where do you go from there? Because yeah, <laughs> all of these little nests where the disaffected little nerds used to go are gone. It's like the subculture is being exposed to the light. But this isn't and milked for all the profitability it can. I, I what, one thing I enjoy is like my uncle, for instance, he never collected comics, but he loves all these new Marvel movies. And he's a seven-year-old guy, but uh, sit down with him and I can talk with him for, you know, an hour about all the background of all the characters and explain to him why this, that, and the other. And that's like back in the day when these movies weren't there, I wouldn't be able to right. talk about talk to all. random people that, you know, never collected comics. Now I can talk about superheroes with a lot more people. That's very true. You know? Kind of cool. Yeah. Doug says, I in the cold for a long time. Check TV, film, and game because the genres I love mainstream. Ethos and content have changed to the point where they're analogous to previous mainstream genres. That's exactly it. It's no, what made it special is kind of gone. But, like I said, it has brought the ideas out more. But then again, they're getting neutered to the point of do they make a difference anymore? It's not the place where you would go. Even fantasy novels, thanks to Game of Thrones. You could... Lord of the Rings films, you know. But that's a 70s thing as well, anyway. But look, there are even previous genres this thing has had to. Uh, hardcore rap, violent video games, uh, rock and roll. That's Cab Calloway. That is not Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry might have been a better example, but I like Cab Calloway better. And the mainstream gets a hold of these genres. These ideas. They get put into the mainstream because someone sees a market to it. It's very popular because Doom was never meant to be a huge hit. Doom was given away free, you know, as shareware. And then like, hey, if you like it, you give us money. 
and we'll give you the rest mm-hmm. of the game. You know, all of these NWA was never meant for mass market. For gosh sakes, they weren't. But they caught fire. They caught that idea, and mass market got a hold of it and iterated on it. Yeah, they're better examples of Vanilla Ice, but you know. And you get for other rappers can perform more palatable. You go from dark, violent video games to Fortnite, where people are doing funny dances. And you don't need story. Of course, Doom didn't have much of a story. You don't need anything. You're just shooting each other, and it's wacky. And instead of rock and roll, you get crap like Imagine Dragons. I don't care if you like them. They're bad. Um, oh, they're not bad. They're just... the They're Nickelback without the talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bad person. But that's what Imagine Dragons is. Someday you'll know I'm right. Heathen Dog's not here. Someone had to say something to offend everyone. <laughs> oh, does he like them? No, he doesn't. But that's the kind of thing he would say. Yeah. Uh, Anthem I love so much because it felt regressive. Older shooters. It does a lot in ways, yeah. Uh, Darkstar says we have Duke Nukem. Make sure we touch that guy ever again, probably. Uh, yeah, that past... That, Duke Nukem Forever spent so long in development hell, it kind of was, wasn't good when it came out. If it had been released when it was first ready 10 years ago, it would have been a hit. Anyway. So, the mass media, the mass market, gets a hold of a popular subculture, subgenre, and turns it into something unrecognizable to what it was before. You can still say, oh, me, oh yeah, I love rap. I love the Eminem. Uh, well, yeah, he's actually really good. But there's a whole lot of stuff you're missing from the genre. I'm not an expert on the genre. I'm not going to say I am. I was like, oh yeah, I love rock and roll. That Imagine Dragons. It's like, whoa. Have you ever listened to a... Let's see, what's... I don't want to give too obscure an example. Uh, Metallica, even though they're pretty mainstream nowadays too, you know. Or uh, Black Sabbath, the old Black Sabbath album. You know, it's not like that. You, it, you're missing so much more. Uh, there's so much more to computer video games than the silliness of things like Fortnite, but. when you have people spending more to make a video game than to make a major Hollywood movie, they want that return on investment. So you're actually, there is some, I'm not saying there's no indie things going on in any of these. There are, including role-playing games, comic books. There's always an indie subculture. But it seems like anytime that subculture even starts rolling, because it's had that first acceptance, it gets thrown into the limelight immediately before it's even ready. Um, you could look at something like American Gods is being put on TV and that was pre- a pretty indie idea um, you're starting to see comic book TV series of indie books because now they're trying to mine things uh, Doug says uh, for- oh god Fortnite fully did just a very thoughtful video I said considering it's literary mechanics Mechanics. It's almost supposed to be a look at the game I've seen. It's a point argument for what's been sacrificed the altar of hooking a mass population in the most inhuman way possible. Yeah. Uh, Fortnite is a great way to get kids to spend their parents' money. That's what it is. So what's the solution? Do you come an island unto yourself? Just to keep your little grognard ideas to yourself? 
do you scream at the people who are like, you're ruining my fandom? I loved that before you. I loved it better than you. <laughs> so you're kind of saying that uh, when something becomes popular, uh, you you no longer have that feeling of, well, I like something that not too many people know about. You kind of felt special about being part of a small fandom. And now that it's mainstream, you're just like, well, now everyone knows about that. Do you feel like you have to search for something else? Well, that's part of the question is, is it because now it's popular? Well, I can't like it because I'm so unique and special. I only liked it with little. Or is it that as it has become more popular, the people purveying it have realized, oh, I can actually make more money if I do these changes and make it more popular. Well, now it's a different product than what you originally had. Something from it is still there, but it's now very different. So, but the question is, what do you do with that? You do you if you try to ride with it, it's, but it's not the same. Um, I think some, I mean, even so I think Smash Mouth said it best in their song "Walking on the Sun." If you anyone remembers that from the '90s, they uh, they actually had a line about the people they broke out, they spoke out against aggression and repression, and together they toked and they funked out with guitars around the campfire, singing and clapping. Man, what the hell happened? Uh, some trips, some fell down, some blah blah blah. But then it goes to and their kids were hippie chicks or hypocrites because fashion is smashing the true meaning of it. Which is basically just saying, as the things became more popular, the subculture it represented is now gone. The subculture it was is now a product. Duncan Idaho did Foundry. It was this escape from the forbidden planet, a singular of non-sentient social instinct, undercutting the cost of entertainment I once enjoyed. Yeah. And because uh, part of the problem is, like with the popular of D&D, especially with... Uh, online shows like Critical Role brings a lot of people into the genre. People see it, it looks fun, they want to do it too. But you get that thing is like, I tried to play a D&D game, but that guy did not run it like like uh, Mike Mercer did. He did it totally wrong. He wasn't fun. To which even Mike Mercer says, I'm not the only way to run something. The best to run something is for your group. Don't try to do it like I do it, which is a very sane and sensible thing to do. I give him credit for that. I don't blame him at all for D&D being you know, popular to the point where it's bringing in people who maybe shouldn't be playing it. Um, that sounds silly to say it that way, <laughs> but it's just a totally different crowd than who once would have played it. The people who would have been giving people playing it, uh, wedgies are now the people playing, it, you know? Yeah. So, but do you become an island unto yourself? Do you reject everything around you? No more Batman shirts. Um, but there's a way out. I, I've... I'm here for you, Grognards, all you people left behind. I give you Garthon sagacity for Grognards. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Just breathe in. Remember, number one, let people enjoy things. This actually is a big one. I should have made these separate things. A lot of times I've seen comic book nerds get on someone for not knowing enough. Like, you're not a big enough fan because you don't know more about it. It's like, you could be a huge fan and not know everything about something. 
you could love Doctor Who without ever have seen a single episode of the fourth Doctor. You know, if you only know Doctor Who since the remake or only know since Peter Capaldi, that's fine. You could still be a huge Doctor Who fan. And people who've been there before you, you should not be saying, oh, you know, you need to watch this or you don't know are not a fan. Let people enjoy things. And bring it to number two. Positively encourage a deeper understanding. If you see someone getting to something, like you see that kid with a Captain America t-shirt on, and you're like, oh, have you ever read the comic books? They say no. You know, if you have a spare bedroom full of comic books, maybe you give them one next time you see them, if you see them a lot. You know, or encourage them, like, hey, you might want to try reading the Avengers, the comics. It's it's really cool. Or, hey, have you seen Cosmic Ghost Rider? It's crazy. You'll love it. Encourage an understanding of other things in it that maybe you love as well. Instead of just telling someone they're wrong or they don't know enough. Because you're only making yourself mad then. And you're actually pushing people further from your position by being a jerk. Usa, people yelling USA. God, I hate when people yell USA. Instead of USA. Oh, God, I hate that. I wasn't doing it that way. It was, it's the relaxing mantra. You know? Oh, okay. Now, I, for some reason, I saw that. It just reminded me of, <laughs> like, well, I've, I've seen sporting events where, like, the athletes start yelling USA, USA instead of USA. And, like, are you too dumb to say USA? Oh, my God. No. Um, just being witty. <laughs> Duncan says... Dollar says I can idle 11 use all the 50 cent words. I'm so confused now. <laughs> Duncan says, Cursing deeper stands is great advice. Everyone has had the interest and capacity for inclination. Helping people to make theirs on their own terms is the most human way to approach it. Thank you. Number three, look for like-minded individuals. If you only want to play first edition D&D or only want to talk about comic books or only want to play Quake 1 because that's when multiplayer was multiplayer or Quake 2 actually really, there's a group for you out there. The internet it connects everyone, including morons. You can cut the people you don't want to talk to out and talk to the people you do want to. That's possible. If you want people who only want to enjoy your one little subset, there's a group out there for you. And if there's not, start one. People will join you. Look for like-minded individuals. Of course, you should never shun anyone with a different opinion. But if you want to have that refuge, look for that refuge. Like here at the Legion of Myth. Um... And remember, if it seems too much, if you see the hype for the new for your favorite superhero who finally got a film, like I couldn't believe in Captain America got his own film, I was very excited. As when Shazam got his own film, I was very excited. If you see the hype for something, whether it's a game, like Final Fantasy has changed so much, or all these things, remember, if it gets too much, this too will pass. Uh, you you hate all the kids playing Fortnite. You really shouldn't. They, they'll they'll be sad themselves someday. Um, it'll pass. All fads pass. You know, this too will pass. Just remember, this too will pass. Because number five, change is inevitable. Entropy is the natural state of the universe. You must adapt and overcome. You can always find a new hobby. You could start a revival of the hobby of your own. Hey, start a YouTube channel. Talk about the old ways. Maybe get people interested. If you don't like the way Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition is, why not make a note? I mean, look what Pathfinder did. Pathfinder became huge because D&D 4th Edition was terrible, in my opinion, and yeah. most other people's. Pathfinder became huge. 
adapt and overcome. But I'll just entropy. Even a even a nerd will not be a nerd forever. If they don't want it, they'll have to be one of the popular kids. That has come to pass in many ways. So just remember, my friends, let it flow. Let the peace flow. You know, let people enjoy things. Positively encourage deep understanding. Look for like-minded individuals. Remember, this too will pass, and that change is inevitable. Entropy is the natural state of the universe. Adapt and overcome. And now close your eyes. Feel the flowing waters upon you. On everyone. To breathe in deeply. Feel the energy flow. And remember, you are a fluke of the universe. You have no right to be here. And even if you can't hear it, the universe is laughing behind your back. <sighs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> that last part was from, uh, was it, Desidria? Uh, National Lampoon did that. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a whole whole thing, you are a fluke of the universe. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on this segment? What are your thoughts on the changes in nerddom? Uh, of how fandom has changed. Is it an overall net positive or negative? I'm unsure myself. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. If you have any suggestions for future RNG topics, let me know. Any angry, upset sentiments can be addressed to Max Leo at Legion Myth. (laughs) 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 Comment below. Thank you very much, everyone. All right, that's about everything. That so, Elgarian, do you have anything you want to tell the people? Yes, uh, guys. For those who are waiting on the Shroud of the Avatar comic book number two, which is the third comic in the series, Ben from Relics by World should be sending out the comics and all the little goodies you got for the Kickstarter pledge levels you're in, all the physical rewards and digital rewards, starting next week. So, uh, and then of course, soon after that, anybody who missed out on the Kickstarter can buy the comic up on realspiral.com very soon. Very cool. And Dark Side Seat, like my angel, best like long box to be Sunsets and Secret Empire hits zero. Heck yeah. Hey, thank hey, you, Zon. Thank you, thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. All right, remember, spread the word. Free Changes Global Hit in 2019, a special contest for that venue is happening. So be a part of that. Voodoo, fall for goals are met and held for three months. We'll have a special subscriber-only giveaway. Tell everyone, family, friends, fellow nerds, everyone you know, get those things to happen. Remember to join the late us on Discord, watch on YouTube. Get your gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love with your Legion of Myth gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion Myth. Follow us on Twitter at Legion of Myth. Watch us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. The best way to interact with your Legion of Myth buddies. Plush version of Garthon coming soon. The audio version available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. Good night, everyone. Good night, Darkstar. Good night, Doug. Good night, Zon. Good night, guys. Streaming schedule. Live it, love it every day. Thank you, everyone. Remember, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great Daryl and Ollie.